Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. That is wonderful, my friend. Wonderful. That is a hobo sermons. A great, great, great song he did. Yes, very good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever the heck in the world you are. It is the notorious VIG. The nah, blah, V with the gorilla. I'm, I'm all I'm all discombobulated. We got Cowboy this morning. What's Cowboy up? is joining us for Thursday Mayhem. And we got, of course, CJ working the airways, making sure the broadcast coming out crispy and clean. And he is full on toxic masculinity himself, the embodiment. <laughs> We're just going to call you TM for short, CJ. TM. 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 That says toxic masculinity all the way. Anyway, folks, check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app. Note to humanity, we're everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. And also join the Discord group. Uh, Cowboy's there. CJ's there. The links will be in the description box. And if you need to join the Discord group, email CJ at CJ at roguenews.com. CJ at roguenews.com. Good morning, guys. There's lots going on. Uh, I don't know where you guys want to start. Well, I mean, I think uh, for one thing, Hmm. I think this is like a winning week. I think we got a lot of wins. Wins Hashtag winning. Yeah, no, no, you know, and just before, actually, I was, uh, you know, Hobo Sermons, who did the intro, like, we, you know, you're just talking about. Uh, he also has a Thursday show where he plays live Thursday and Friday. And on Thursdays on YouTube, it's actually his originals. So if you just nice. look up Hobo Sermons on YouTube and you tune in at 8 a.m. on Thursdays, I'm telling you, his music is really good. CJ, I've seen you on there. I mean, you like his stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. It's just a matter of remembering and. And making sure to hit that notification bell whenever he goes live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're in the Discord, uh, you can approach him and he'll include you on his own Discord. And then he uh, does his reminders as well. Absolutely. So so interesting stuff. I think before we even get into charts, um, one of the big places that I'm looking at for, for wins in like the market, the geopolitics, it's always going to have to do with energy because one of the scams that they've been pushing is uh, you know the ESG, which is environmental social governance. Yes, so, it is. 
Yeah, ESJ. So let's, first of all, to be clear, you know, I do think that there is pollution that comes from fossil fuels. I don't really know. I mean, there's a lot of scientists who don't necessarily agree with the idea of global warming and fossil fuels. We're not going to talk about that today because that's just circular uh, and academic at this point. But um, the ESG thing is where basically banks are going, uh, we're talking about and probably doing uh, where they would only give loans and they would give preferential treatment to companies that would be quote unquote, you know, net zero, carbon neutral. And, and these companies could just BS their way into saying that they are, you know, oh, we're carbon neutral because whatever, because we like little boys. I don't know, whatever the reason is. Hey. So, you know, yeah. so basically, um, and that's just been the big thing for, I don't know, a few years now, especially in Europe. Europe's a lot more hardcore about this. So what I'm a gonna put up here um and i'm gonna go ahead and share a screen share screen brave tabs there we go all right so i just shared it and it's a twitter from disclose.tv it's a tweet and what you can see on here is just in EU Parliament declares nuclear power and gas as green energy. So, <laughs> first of all, this is one of the, I mean, <laughs> this is such BS, dude. It's like one of the biggest exercises in doublethink. Oh, so yeah. What, you know, what's doublethink, right? Doublethink, if you read 1984, it's where you think what we tell you to think. And what we told you to think yesterday may no longer be true today. Um, so, basically, you know, in the 1984, it's, uh, you know, Oceania has is at war with East Asia. Oceania has always been at war with East Asia. But then, like, the next day, they might tell you that Oceania is at war with, I don't know, what's the other one besides East Asia? Anyway, they just, like, whatever was true yesterday is not true today. And nuclear and natural gas, of all things, were not considered green energy until EU Parliament declares it so. So now you got a bunch of like, you know, normies and greenies and all these people say, oh, yeah, nuclear, it's great. You Last week you were saying it was bad, mm -hmm. but because the EU parliament says it's green, now you say it's green. You know, mm -hmm. so, I mean, I don't know, V, this is part of, you know, you know, and I, I know CJ, you got your finger on this whole thing too. This is, this is big. Do you guys want to comment on like this, how this is the beginning of, as I said last week, kind of a sea change that we're seeing? Yeah. Um, I want you guys to think about this, right? The, the thing in Europe is kind of funny. When I think about the European Union, I think about a bunch of, of mentally retarded halfwits who are, like, for instance, like you have a bunch of German eugenicists and, and and Nazi leftovers and sympathizers and psychophants who think that a bunch of stupid moronic fools from France who have this this uh, I don't know this this wet dream fantasy of communism and they get together with you know the 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 other components of uh, the EU uh, morons, which are in Brussels, and all of this is you know pushed and financed by 
the morons in, in, that are in the parliament in the UK. And they've created for themselves the ultimate bubble, the ultimate echo chamber. And I've went over this millions of times before. So these idiots who are morons, okay, I mean, let, 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 let's talk real talk here. That We went into the 21st century in the year 2000 with the Western world contributing 47% to net total you know, global GDP. Today, the West is less than 27% and falling like a knife that nobody wants to catch. Isn't it funny that when push comes to shove, and I told you this, guys, months ago, you, you, you're going to start seeing ESG getting tossed. And, Cowboy, we're going to bring up BlackRock later today as well, which is going to be interesting. Uh, yep. Yeah, BlackRock, I got to tell you about Scott Bennett, but go ahead. Yeah. And then um, get off some steam, Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> so you have, and I told you guys, you know, months ago that BlackRock, watch what happens to them, watch what happens to ESG, because there's only a certain point when this ESG, when this woke, you know, garbage, especially with the, with the World Economic Forum, which, you know, you read – uh, any one of these old media guys, they'll think you. They'll they'll literally think they're con- convinced that Klaus Schwab is the ruler of the world, <laughs> and you're seeing a sea change. And what Cowboys detailed, especially with that uh, disclosed story right there that they broke, that all of a sudden, oh yeah, ga- natural gas. Well, how the hell are they getting natural gas from? It's basically arbitraged Russian gas. That's either sold to uh, sold to Turkey, and the Turks turn around and sell it to the Europeans at a premium. So the the Turks are and the Indians are are buying discounted gas, and even even my some of my cohorts in the UAE are getting involved in this, where they're buying discounted Russian gas, you know, and then selling it to the idiot Europeans at a premium. This is not because you know they can't. They've sanctioned Russian oil, right? Yeah, because how? Because how important is your narrative? Exactly. Uh, how exactly. many? How much of your people's well-being and wealth do you want to sacrifice for your like wet dream fantasy? Right. So now the adults who are the captains of industry, the you know the the, the, the families that own BASF, the families that run Siemens. The private families that own BMW and Mercedes-Benz and Volkswagen, which, you know, Volkswagen is the largest automotive manufacturer on God's green earth. Okay, the the Volkswagen Auto Group, they own Porsche, they own Audi, they own Lamborghini, they own uh, Bugatti. They have a share, major controlling share in Remots. They have, I mean, you name it, 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 they're huge, monstrous company. They're... Only going to take it so much where they're like, you know what? These morons are hell bent on on killing us and killing our profits. You know, you you can only tolerate the Green Party and these far leftists for so long because it's no longer funny or cute. They yeah. realize they've given these idiots well, too much power. They they've given the idiots too much power, and then obviously I think Putin exposed the importance of of energy as a as a national security, right? Like you look at the price inflation of what's happening around the globe and 
And Putin showed them like, okay, well, you want to play games, F around and find out what's happening to your energy prices right now. So I think they had I think they had no choice. I think it was more of a of a a national security type thing to say, hey, you know what? This is real. This legitimately is happening. Look how it's impacting society in general. Look at the uprising that's taking place right now in regards to the uh, the gas prices. And so so therefore, I I think they had to. I think they had no choice but to say, you know what, we're going to. Okay, well, there, Putin's right. You know, it it is a national security issue, and and we got to do something to appease the the, the Europeans. So so have at it. Um, exactly. So yeah, I, I I think that's primarily why. And then I think one of the other interesting things that tie into this is I'm not sure if you guys watched the expose that Tucker Carlson did, and this this should be like a true national uproar. It won't. It won't. People will make a, an excuse for it. I had no idea that the strategic reserves that were released right like to the tune of a, of a million barrels per day are not even coming are not even being utilized here in the united states that that china and india and i can't remember the other country have bought these reserves to the tunes of of millions of dollars in the in the i mean why why was this allowed to happen what i mean it just it's just insane when you see gas prices at the pump when you hear this administration say that this is Putin's inflation. When you hear this administration say there's nothing we can do to affect gas prices. <laughs> so they, so they release the strategic reserves and they, and they sell it offshore. It's ridiculous. Go have some ice cream. You freaking curmudgeon. How about I have to go fall off another bike guys. Yeah. Like uh, I always keep my name on my underwear. So I remember who I am. It's Grandpa Simpson. Exactly. <laughs> How did you take off your underwear without taking off your pants, Grandpa Simpson? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, these guys, right? Schwab, leftist, these idiots. They're all Scott Bennett. Now, when I was in Boy Scouts, there's this off kid some Scott Bennett. Bennett. This off some steam Bennett. I was in Boy Scouts. There's this kid, Scott Bennett. And he was like, kind of big for his age. He was a bully, right? He'd freaking always taken something from somebody smaller. All the other kids kind of didn't like him, but they left him alone. So we get to summer camp, right? And all the adults like left and it was just all the young kids. And so we got tired of Scott Bennett's crap and all of us young guys freaking chased him down, tackled him. We put duct tape around his face, around his mouth, you know, we left his nose so he could breathe. He had a mullet too. We put it all the way around the back of his head. Beautiful. And then we took him in a sleeping bag. And, you know, sleeping bags, you can kind of like cinch up so yep. they can't get out of them. We zipped it up and then we tied it like the top of his sleeping bag, like the little uh, drawstring. Mm-hmm. We threw a rope over a tree, pulled him up like he was in a cocoon, and we beat him with our staves. Scott Bennett. <laughs> he was a pinata. <laughs> he was a pinata. Scott Bennett was the nicest guy after that. Because we beat the shit out of him. Now here's the thing. This is how men learn. This is how men learn. Right? And this Schwab, BlackRock, they're all Scott Bennett prior to the beatdown. But they're gay Scott Bennett. They're femme no. Scott. They're like nerd Scott Bennett. Yeah, Scott Bennett was actually pretty cool. Once once we beat him down, he was actually not any of those things. He was actually, you know, all the, <laughs> they're dumb, Scott Bennett. They they're like we beat him down and they'll leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, you know BlackRock. I think he mentioned that. Um, 
Also, there's another article, South Korea's revamping a push for nuclear energy to meet its emission targets. So nuclear is going in, you know, we nuclear, know. And guess who's supplying, uh, going to be supplying that nuclear capability and technology? Russia. Uh, it would be China. Uh, it would be Russia, actually. Russia. To, oh, Russia. Uh, yeah, to uh, South Korea. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, this is the reality that the West has woken up to. And it's hilarious for me to 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 look at this. It's backfired so gloriously. You got Blowjob, aka Boris Johnson. Blowjob is resigned in utter defeat. Right? Why? Because you cannot create this level of economic malaise in his country and say that nothing will happen. You know? And and what what why did Blowjob all of a sudden resign? Why did Blowjob, who did everything that he was supposed to do, right? He did everything that he was supposed to do in terms of locking down, you know, London and, and locking down England and the whole COVID bullshit and this, that, and the other. And, 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 and then he made a mistake. The mistake that Blowjob made is that he literally went in lockstep and barrel with the retarded millennial-controlled administration of the crash test dummy that's in Washington, D.C. He followed Biden. Right. In, in, in a perfect, perfect example of fools rush in where angels fear to tread and got massively involved in Ukraine. And at first, the private equity in the city of London said, hey, you know what? OK, fine. Let's see what happens with this nonsense. Then after some time, you're seeing that the real economic fissures, the economic reality, the physical economy that, that, that is still left. In the UK, the, 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 the semblance of it, so to speak, the economic realities and the ramifications of what they were doing with Russia in Ukraine was starting to have reverberations, negative, negative reverberations within not only the UK's economy, but the entire European Union is about to break. It's a massive, massive issue. Look, folks, they haven't fixed a single problem. Into, you know, from 2008 in the EU, from all the bad loans that they put out there. In fact, they've quadrupled the number of bad loans. Their they're, they're sovereign debt bonds are through the roof. Europe is a ticking time bomb. And then Boris going in with the Euro weenies have made things worse. Folks, this, don't you think, don't think for one second this is all about, you know, Boris Johnson had a... Uh, you know, while England was locked down, he was having a private party with his uh, staff uh, in, in Downing Street behind closed doors. Has nothing to do with that. That's the, that's the bullshit story that they've given him. The reality of it is that he's pissed off some powerful people and they've allowed this bullshit. I mean, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. This whole private party, blah, blah, blah. And uh, there was somebody else who was in his cabinet who has a pension for boys. Why do you think all these things are coming out now? Why do you think they're allowing it to come out now? Oh, there's more. The, there's yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, here, here's, there's a couple. Let me, let me stop sharing the one I'm sharing. I'm going to bring up this other one that happened in the UK. So this to me, this article that I'm about to share right now, tell it's why are they allowing things to come out now? That's, this is part of that conversation. So I just clicked the share button. 
40 arrested in huge people trafficking raids in UK and three EU countries. Now, this is relative to um, immigration, right? Uh, not child trafficking, although I'm sure we'll see more of that, especially with DeSantis getting the green light to go ahead and pursue that in Florida, which is another symptom of the beatdown that's coming. Um, but look at this. In, in like Europe, which is the most open border you know, BS place there is, now they're arresting people who are trafficking quote unquote illegal immigrants. So, you know, it's just another example of how these people are about to pay the piper. And then this next article is kind of more the centerpiece. And then we'll get into some charts. There's not a lot to look at the charts. I know people want to hear about the market. I can explain it very briefly. It's just a bear market rally. Don't get too excited. That's, that's, you know, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit, but I think today is a day for wins. And uh, this article here, there's so much in this article. I do recommend going to actually read it. I'm not going to have time to cover it today. But Luongo, China queues up to join the Davos beatdown. Okay. So the Davos beatdown is coming. It's yeah. coming. Um, you know, one of the key things that we pulled, and I, I sent this to V last night, right here, you can see it. I'll see if I can make this any, I don't know that I can blow this up any bigger. Uh, nope, can't do it, but let me just roll this back. So what that little kind of Financial Times article says, BlackRock warns it will vote against more climate resolutions this year. So the largest asset manager parts ways with most activists and says war in Ukraine has changed calculus. Much like Bojo's private party, being the excuse, the war in Ukraine is going to be the excuse why BlackRock is going to vote against more climate resolutions. In a way, it might be kind of true because the war in Ukraine is what's pushing energy the direction it's going. But we're seeing ESG falling down. We're seeing this open borders going to go ahead and take a hit. Um, you know, COVID's a joke. Uh, oh, the uh, that that guy that yesterday that uh, we you guys talked about with Gus, that guy that did the shooting, that yeah. narrative fell apart pretty quick. Um, you know, and this article says it really well. See if I can find it because it's actually they start cursing at the very end of it, and it's great. Um, let's see here, talks about like you know, for example, what's his name, Tucker Carlson, who talked about how you know SSRIs. Now, we've been talking about that on this show, and it's something I've personally been covering for a long time. Um, and it says it right here. None of the issues surrounding the Dems have worked at this point. No amount of SSRI addled, known to law enforcement enabled shootings will roll out gun control in the U.S. No amount of screeching from unfuckable purple hairs will bring back Roe versus Wade. No amount of sexual deviance at the public schools will usher in legalized pedophilia. <laughs> Who wrote this? This is brilliant. This is Luongo. Oh, he's awesome. great. Tom Luongo. Yeah, he's Tom Luongo has a, go, a gold goats and guns blog. So yeah, that was that was just a great. I don't know. Should I read it again? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just go check it out on Zero Hedge. Um, but yeah, so long story short, all their stuff's falling apart, and the gun thing is key. I think that, you know, on this show, we have alluded to the possibility that some of these, if not all these shootings might have been planned somehow. How are these, you know, basement dwellers getting $8,000 to buy a bunch of guns? Um, you know, I mean, uh, CJ, you made such a great point. All the laws in Illinois are there to stop kids like this from getting guns. He's a red flag example. So everything they want to do is falling apart. And that to me is that that's just a big win. 
Um, you know, what do you guys think? I mean, are, are you on board with that? Are we, are we seeing some light at the end of the tunnel? Are you there? B, I don't oh, well, <clears throat> no, I, I think that there are, are, are quite a few examples, right? We see these wins uh, that are happening and, and we should be very, you know, happy about those uh, taking place. Um, the economic turmoil is going to be a, a very significant long play in regards to how do we change things long-term? Um, you know, again, to me, I was listening to uh, some uh, libertarian candidates that are, that are running here in Indiana and uh, talking about specifically not for, for national uh, Senator. Uh, the other one I think is running for, for Congress and talking about uh, the government reform that, that that's needed to take place to change these things. So, so there, there's no doubt there's a battle being played out in real time. We're, we're witnessing this, you know, currently in, in real time. But just be mindful that some of those power structures that compete against each other, they they may not have our best interests, regardless of, of whatever that power structure. It may not be the the white helmets. It may not be the good guys, the bad guys. It just may be who wants control of the new economies, of the new markets, who wants to profit the most from those and and there's there's a battle being waged out for that. I mean, I I could I could be wrong, but I'm just I'm just again I'm just very hesitant anymore, especially after the whole the whole Trump thing and and going through the years of you know I, I sat here on 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 Rogue and talked about all the wins. You know, are you tired of the Trump wins yet? Are you tired of the Trump wins yet? I remember those days. So I'm I, I think I I'm suffering from a little bit of PTSD from from the Trump years, and so I think in in essence I'm a little bit negative about about any of those in general. Oh, you negative Nancy. Lighten <laughs> up. Hey, you got to trust the plan. Trust the plan. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I get, look, V, go yeah. ahead. Give us the rant about good guys and bad guys and financial interests. That's what I think we need to hear right now. Yeah, there, there are no good guys. There are no bad guys. They're just interests. That's all it is. And we need to get away. The faster we get away from our, this, uh, this, 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 you know, bipolar, you know, way of thinking, this uh, binary way of thinking, the better off we all will be, the more pragmatic you can become. Are you the, saying that we should be non-binary, V? Yeah. In the spirit of Pride Month, that none of you bastards have done anything to support. You know, CJ and I, would, <laughs> I was planning a hot dog party, and CJ said he does not want anything to do with it. He only wants to eat ribeyes. He's not into hot dogs, and he says there's a lot of sexual connotations with that. And I just told him that he's homophobic, so... There, CJ. You're never coming to my hot dog parties <laughs> ever again. Or you pizza. Masculine, toxic man, you. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's there's guys, no there's guys. no good guys or bad guys. It's just it's just interests. Now there are two competing interests. One is the Davos interest, which is the phony baloney jabroni economy. Well, it's all fictitious and fake. It's all paper. It's all tyrannical. It's terrible. You don't want that. You don't want that. See, there's no, there's no perfect government. There will never be a perfect utopia on God's green earth. And let me explain something to you guys. This is something I've learned, especially in the last two to three years, as I've weathered all the shit that's been going on in the world and whatnot. And, and, and the fortunate that the people that I am able to work with and the people that, that work with me, they, they're starting to realize it as well, especially some of the clientele that I'm working with as well. I know my buddy Alex and Walter are out there listening. What's up, guys? I mean, those guys are hardcore. Took my advice to the fullest, and now they're 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 kicking ass and taking names. But here's the point: 
you gotta you gotta look at what system is gonna provide you the best. The East, or the multipolar world, is giving you a physical economy. What is that physical economy gonna do? It's gonna allow you to provide a better life for you and your family. Okay, and that that is, you know, and 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 that is where you know people need to realize the physical economy gives you that that perspective. And it gives you those opportunities. Now, with that being said, it's a complete far cry from what Davos offering. So, which is going to be the better system, the multipolar one? Why it's going to give you, it's going to give countries more sovereignty, more freedom, more mutually beneficial trade. In other words, you'll be better able to um, operate in countries like that. Now, I'm going to make a statement that's going to blow your mind away. We need to move beyond countries and borders. Right, we need to move. We need we, you need to start thinking globally. Let me explain something to you guys. Are you a globalist, sir? No, I'm so am a globalist. Uh, we will have a new world order. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so the thing is, you need to think beyond countries, borders, culture, and all this other bullshit. That's all fine. No country on God's green earth is ever going to grant you sovereignty. No country on God's green earth is ever going to give you the perfect setup for you to prosper. The only thing that is going to give you true freedom, true sovereignty, true ability to earn incredible income and radically change your life is not a fucking country. It's your network. I'm going to repeat myself again. The only thing that is going to set you free and allow you to have the opportunities and the options that you need in order for you to operate and to become prosperous and successful is not a country, but it is your personal network. You have a network, my friend. It doesn't matter what laws idiots make. In the world, it doesn't fucking matter because there's always somewhere to move to. There is always something to do. There's always opportunities that arise and around allowing you to connect globally to a network of trusted individuals that are able to not only help you, number one, protect your wealth, number two, and number three, give you many, many routes and roads of income opportunities for you. So in this day and age, don't worry so much about what you know the the, the whole country thing. And, and if you have an opportunity to get the fuck out of the United States, do it. But to start developing your network. Your network is what's going to give you the freedom. It ain't going to be anything else. I'll be honest with you. You want to talk about how how certain men at the top move with with with, with absolute freedom. Well, they're set up properly. And there's a whole, you know, I mean, Singleton and I have done several courses where we tell, you know, tell people how to set up onshore, set up, you know, businesses properly. And, you know, I, I need to, we were, if I could ever get them on the air, there's a, you know, one of my colleagues that is probably the best at setting up offshore entities and stuff. How to set that up, how to move, how to proper way to buy crypto, how to, you know, properly invest in the right types of metals, this, that, and the other. I mean, Getting smart, learning income streams, you know, online businesses. There's so many ways to make money 
and you need the network to do so. The most powerful thing you can culminate today is your network. Who the fuck do you know? And what can they do for you? And what can you add to their network? Because it's going to require... I'm telling you, once you have a network set up of, of, of absolute sharks, guys, men who are absolute warriors, men who can who, who operate at a ferocious level, you're unstoppable. And then when idiots like uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the popular ideas like Klaus Schwab starts taking place in whatever country in the West you live in, you can side sidestep that. You have a right network, you can live anywhere. But it's your network's the most important thing. Gentlemen. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, CJ always talks about your local network. So you're saying, you know, expand outside of your country. But I think it's just as important to know your neighbors. You know? know your neighbors. And the most important thing is this. find If you know guys who are good at something, f- get a hold of them. Try to find out. Try to learn from them. Become their friend. Because guys who are successful love to mentor. They love to teach you. I know what I know is because I've had very successful guys. Who said, I'm like, how does that work, man? How, can you show me how to do that? Oh, yeah, sure, bro. This is what you do. And then as soon as you start learning and you start applying what they've did, you're going to start seeing your net worth grow alongside your network. It's the only way to do it. That's how you get to the top. True sovereignty is your network, man. That's how you get around all this bullshit. You can mitigate a lot of this BS by who you know, who you follow, um, you, what group are they with, you know, and, and getting in on them. Like, like case in point, man. I mean, there's a, there's a you know, a, pe- pe- it's no secret. I, I love watches, right? It's no secret. A- any chance, like, you know, they, they, they'll have, uh, like, a watch convention or something like that. Like, yeah, well, there's a watch convention, man. There's going to be – I go. If I have an opportunity to go, I go. Why? Because you're going to meet very interesting and very successful people. I go to like supercar shows. Why? Because chances are you could meet some very interesting people. You can form networks. So if I'm sitting there with a Rolex Daytona on my list, I I, I want to know what the guy with the $400,000 paddock, what does he do? You see what I'm saying? So stuff yeah, if like you're that. the if you're the smartest guy in the room, you need to find another room. And that's, Bingo. Uh, that comes from a guy named uh, Rich Cooper. He has a real good uh, channel, Entrepreneurs in Cars. You know, kind of does like a softer version. Well, not softer, but let's just say a, a possibly more eloquent version of Fresh and Fit <laughs> and a yep. lot of business uh, stuff. And anyway, he's one of his ideas is, you know what? If you want to meet people who are like playing higher than you, join a car club where people have like really expensive cars, yep. you know? And so, okay. Yeah. You have like $120,000 car. You're going to see the guy with the Bugatti and have a conversation with him. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing. When you, when you got, when you meet guys who own hypercars like Bugatti's, Pagani's, Koenigsegg's and whatnot, those guys, you, you know, you know why wealthy men buy Bugatti's not because it's, just, oh, it's a Bugatti, it's a car. No. And they can, they can flex their money. No. It, it, it gives them an access to a network 
of other owners who are in other echelons of 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 industry and economy. It's for the networking opportunity. That's your that's your club card. That's your five point five million dollar club card. Is a Bugatti Chiron Supersport. That's why you buy it. I mean, you can be worth like you know fifty million, twenty five, fifty million dollars, hundred million dollars. You get a Bugatti. Now you're connected to a you know Middle Eastern sheik, a prince. Who also happens to have the same car. And you know what Bugatti and all these other guys, they 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 throw private dinners where the owners from around the world get together and and they network. That's why they do it. That's why they do it. So this is what I'm saying. It's like, you know, find your network, man. Find your network. That's how I built my global network up. Finding like-minded people, being getting and oh, you know who? Oh, okay, cool. And then, and then being connected to some of the largest liquidity pools on God's green earth. That's how we do it. And it takes work. It takes work, and it takes a lot of effort. But that's what's going to provide you real freedom. Yeah. No, my network uh, came about mostly because of crypto. Yeah. You know. Yep. And uh, I started with nothing. I started with uh, you know. I remember 2,500 bucks and, uh, you know, I reached out, talked to V and, you know, before you know it, uh, through some other connections I made, just, (laughs) I got people internationally. I got people running hedge funds in China. So, you know, that this, you gotta up your game. My grandfather and my father would always say is if you walk with the cripple, you're going to become a cripple. Yep. Exactly. And you could take that, turn it around. And, you know, if you walk with uh, the star athlete, then you're going to, become a much better athlete. So, and always play above, play, you know, play above your own, you get oh, you punch, punch a little bit higher than your always, own. Always, always try to upgrade your, your game, man. Always try to upgrade your game. Like there's a, a wise saying that a wise man told me when I was 16 years old, he said, I, I could tell where you're going to be in five years by two things. V. I was like, yeah, what was that? He said, by the, by the books you read and the people you hang out with and the pronouns you use facts and the, and, and these days, the pronouns you use, if yep. your pronouns are he, him, and you're only there's only two genders. You're fine. Do you gonna make it? <laughs> you gotta make it. That's it. You know. Read a yes. lot. Develop a network, and recognize there's only two genders, and you're guaranteed success. Yeah, and they say do one thing and do it well. Uh, you know, I never made more money than when I just focused on my core competency, as they like to say in uh, in corporate speak. Um, and that involves charting. And so I actually have brought up a, a screen uh, to share. It's the SP 500. Um, I had some people, including a green machine while we were still on the hobo show saying, Hey, you know, can you tell us what's gone on the last week, you know, in markets last week or two, it, you know, it's probably just a bear market rally. So to explain a bear market rally, right. Think of, um, the market expands and contracts. And in those expansion phases, it's going to want to contract the opposite direction. So for example, um, from, I'm going to blow this up here. Give me one second, make this a little more visible to the audience like this and like that. So from 8th of June down to the 16th. So the first, the, like the second week of June was a heavy, heavy move down. And that actually followed several heavy moves down. 
Um, so if I were to go, you know, this is on the daily chart. If I were to kind of move it out to the weekly chart, then each one of these bars, each one of these bars is going to be a week's worth of price action. Um, so in that sense, we actually just had from the 3rd of January all the way to uh, say the 13th of June, so half a year has been almost nothing but these uh, hard moves down. There was a reprieve, reprieve, gotta say that right, on the 14th of March-ish, so mid-March, there was about, uh, there were about three weeks of upward movement, but then that, of course, was followed by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight weeks of downward movement. And usually after seven, you're going to see a sort of a relief. So we're looking at month six. So after month seven or month six, you can kind of expect a little bit of relief. But, you know, people see like a, a week of good price action and they think, oh, the, you know, bear market's over. And, um, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, you know, I don't see that being the case. I think uh, I think that the price is just kind of contracting after its expansion phase phase contracting and it's going to stop. It might not go back above 4,000. It already bumped its head on 4,000. So this is just a, it's a bear market rally. It is a retracement of the most recent impulse leg. Those tend to go to the 618. If I were to go fib on this, uh, on this deal. Are you so fibbing? we get, I'm going to pull out my fib, pull out my fib in public. It's a great thing. This is other guy that says that's funny. Um, now the, yeah, the 618 is the golden ratio. That's right at 3990, 3980, you know, ish. So that's like 4,000, you know, so, and, and 4,000 is a psychological number. So I use the S&P because it is, it's not as slow as the Dow. It's not like tech, which is a little too specific, but S&P is just a good barometer. Um, the Russell is, is another one for kind of what's going to happen next, but we'll stick with the S&P and then we'll take a quick look at Bitcoin. Now, I would say that, and it's really hard to know, you know, we could break above four if it's been a lot of down, they may want to, you know, bring in some, uh, some people to, you know, they want to bring in some uh, people to trap. They want to bring in some bulls. So you never know. They could push the price back up above that for a quick bull trap, get people to buy the FOMO and then crush them. Um, Bitcoin is looking even worse. Now Bitcoin is in it's, it's, real contraction phase after the big, big run up. So on the monthly chart, uh, and this is a chart that, uh, that we drew on the show last couple of weeks. So we had a big, big expansion and then the contraction is, is happening now. Um, you know, generally price bounces off the prior high. In this case, it was 20,000. Um, price has already dipped below that. And we've talked about this. We think price will probably dip anywhere from, you know, 16,000 to 6,000 get range locked and then come back up later. And I think V, uh, you know, just to recap on what you said, uh, we're looking at possibly maybe a hike or two of the interest rate over the next, uh, you know, the rest of this year, maybe, maybe. Um, or more. But then after, after say 2023, oh, they may stop hiking and even they might start cutting rates again. Does that all sound pretty accurate? Yes. That that sounds. I'm sorry, man. I, I I hit a button and screwed up your uh, your chart. How dare you? Sorry, man. I was just going to say that. You? you know, during this whole Bitcoin beatdown, the Bank for International Settlements, the Bank of Banks, the Central Bank of Central Banks, is already. Uh, they've already uh, put a measure out allowing banks to keep one percent of their reserves in Bitcoin. Yes. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. So all the banks could buy in in the cheap. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I said. It's like, you know, I've been saying it for some time now that hey, this is an institutional game, 
I mean, here it is. This is from Finbold. Okay, Bank for International Settlements to allow banks to keep 1% of reserves in Bitcoin. But wait a minute. I thought it was it's a volatile. Why would banks want this? Well, the central bank of the central bank is saying, here, here's the deal. 1% of your settlements, you, you, you're going to keep 1%, excuse me, of your reserves in Bitcoin. There you go. There you go. Oh, that's huge. You know, that's a that's a big, big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, it's what everybody was waiting for. And then of course everybody thought when banks could start doing that that there'd be this huge rise in price. I'm sorry, people. No. That no, look at the charts. Everything that you think is gonna happen that you've been hearing in the news, generally the opposite is yep. what's gonna happen. Like yep. that's almost always the case. So when when is the price gonna go up? Wait until why are they why are they allowing this one percent reserve in BTC? And notice it's just BTC, not anything else, right? The reason for that is because these banks need to have a capacity of of Bitcoin exposure, especially because remember what happened. Glass-Steagall is gone. There is no distinction between retail banking and investment banking at this point. So what is going to happen is this. They need to have a percentage of Bitcoin exposure there in order to facilitate and settle what is going to soon be coming down the pike, and that is Bitcoin ETFs, Bitcoin all offered everywhere, just like in, in, in like certain apps where you could buy Bitcoin and hold it, but you can't take it out of the app. That's what they're getting ready for. And when you start hearing Wall Street coming out with all these exotic crypto products, that is going to be the time when this BTC market is going to be absolutely unleashed. And because that's going to be the last hurrah. Go ahead, Cowboy. Oh, yeah. No, and to to keep it simple, right? As long as money remains expensive, assets, including Bitcoin, especially Bitcoin, will deflate. So as long as they're hiking rates and they're not cutting them, chances are the stock market, Bitcoin, everything is going to continue to contract. That's just how things are. And they're going to go ahead and, and uh, step on metals too. So people have nowhere to go. Um, you know, an interesting chart is the, uh, the Dixie the, now remember people say, Oh, the dollar's strong. The dollar's strong. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, the Dixie is merely a comparison between the dollar and other key currencies like the Euro, the yen and so on. So compared to other currencies, the dollar's doing great weeks, several weeks ago, I, I showed this chart and I said that there would probably be a breakout. A lot of people around me were like, Oh no, the dollar's going to relax. I'm like, no, no, it's not. As long as they are uh, hiking rates, the dollar is just going to get stronger. Are there other places to be besides the dollar? Yeah. I mean, for spot, I, I don't know. I mean, spot anything seems to suck. If you have a skill set that allows you to trade, that's another story. But I mean, right now, it seems like having cash, cash seems to be king right now. And, and king dollar seems to be the king. I mean, V, would you be anywhere else right now besides dollars if you could? No. I'd only be in dollar right now. So that's, you know, that's kind of what you're looking at. Okay. Inflation prices are going up. Well, yeah, I like okay. the Vietnam, the Vietnamese dong. That's pretty, that's, pretty <laughs> that's the, the rumor. Dong. Yeah. You know, it's pride month. Well, what's we'll pride month? Oh God. We'll go ahead. So yeah, no, it's just, right now it's about the dollar. You just, you know, that's, a great place to be. I'm not giving financial advice because I don't give financial advice. Consult a licensed financial advisor. But but the real but the real advice. story is the secret is cowboy is I'm I'm secretly stashing Iraqi dinars. <laughs> <laughs> 
and trusting they're the gonna, plan. They're, they're going to reevaluate any moment now. Yeah, that's, you got to trust the plan, and that, that is the plan. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Dollar Strong, um, you know, I, look, there are opportunities if you have a skill set. And this goes back to your network and, you know, kind of learning um, how to play this game. And, you know, learning how to play the paper game could be very valuable. You can make money if you know how even in, in any market, bear market. I like Forex. Forex is great. Um, I'll just bring up a Forex chart. So this is the euro versus the dollar. <laughs> Very interesting. So the euro came into being in what, 2002, at least on in, in uh, the Forex market. And, uh, you know, it topped out at about 1.6 euros to a dollar. Now it's almost a parody. You guys were talking about that on the show. And based on my algorithm and the charts, we're going to go well below parity. And you and I, even three or four weeks ago, we covered how the dollar is going to eat the euro. Yeah. So, I mean, look, with everything happening in Europe, it seems like last minute, oh, we're going to go, you know, do, we're going to do nuclear power and we're going to do this and that and the other. I think Europe, if it's not too little too late, ah, man, this, the Euro is getting gobbled up, isn't it? It's really yep. kind of scary to watch. The yeah, European so Union is destroyed. They're, they're done for. Yeah, Putin fractured it. Yeah, they're done. The, the, uh, look, Europe is finished. They're done. And 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 they're going to go into such a decline. And remember what I told you guys: there are no good guys or bad guys. There's only financial interests. What did American banks, headed by J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs, do during the whole LIBOR scandal that that erupted in the U.K.? What do they do? They disconnected the U.S.D. LIBOR exposure. Okay, that's something that hardly very few people talk about. The other thing that they did is they offloaded. Remember the time when, you know, um, I forgot who the congressman was from Florida at that time, but they was asking Bernanke, hey, what did $2.3 trillion go to? It went to, your, it went to Europe. Can you tell us uh, who, who has it? And Bernanke's like, I can't tell you. Well, one of the things is that a lot of the, t- the that 2.3 was the balance sheet of very, very bad mortgage loans that was sent back to the European banks, AB and Ambro, Standard Charter, Commerce Bank, Deutsche Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland, so on and so forth, Riksbank, whatever, right? PNB Paribas, Credit Agricole, Credit Suisse, United Bank Switzerland. And then you have to understand the problem in Europe. They never recovered from the LIBOR scandal. They never recovered from 2008. They never recovered from the LIBOR scandal. And they have a, a absolute crap ton of bad loans that are still sitting on the books. Europe you is about to get vaporized. About, uh, London Interbank Overnight Rate LIBOR? Yes. Yeah, LIBOR. So you might want to expand on that because even I don't have a great picture of what happened there. And, and basically, my understanding is it pretty much eviscerated a lot of holdings over there. Yeah, it did. There was $800 trillion of loans that were affected by the LIBOR scandal. So these banks were rigging rates that gives them an advantage while punishing their competition. So whoever Well, LIBOR, sat- just to, to even back up a little more, mm-hmm. so banks loan each other money overnight. Overnight um, lending rates, right. And, and there's a rate for that, right? And Correct. so in America, that's actually been destroyed as well. And the Fed, uh, Fed windows had to take that over. And that's when you hear about the repo market. Correct. 100%. So, you know, now, now that we've established what those loans are, go ahead, V. 
So they rigged the market with interest rates that are favorable to them and their cohorts while killing and crushing their competition. The process with these fictitious rates that they were putting out there, it affected over $800 trillion worth of loans that, they were, that, that was out there globally. Okay, So this was a big, big problem because what they did was illegal. They were rate fixing. It's illegal to do that. So that affected all those problems. A lot of the banks began to you know, pay the fines and fees that went along with LIBOR. The U.S. interests over here unplugged from the USD LIBOR link. Right. They, they, they've you know, disconnected from that. So in essence, what's going to happen is this. You have all these toxic assets in Europe. When the European Union goes bust, when their economy collapses and it is imploding, you see what the what the Dutch farmers are doing. They're, you know, shooting manure into the into the front lawns of the politicians. <laughs> right. They're bringing tanks to protest. They're not playing around. You know, the Germans are just as pissed off because you have Schultz and the Green Party who are just absolutely wrecking German industry. The French are a bunch of clueless idiots that just keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And the Brits are a basket case. They're finished, right? So when they go belly up, the reverberations, that collapse is going to occur in the, in the Eurozone is not going to be as horrific I mean, we got our own set of problems, right? But that blowback from Europe will not have the type of effect that it would have had if we hadn't unplugged from them many years ago. It'll still be horrible here. What's happening? Because we have our own, I mean, my God, we got a, a crap ton of problems here. And it doesn't so get us off the off hook. From, we've walled off from the contagion. Exactly. Exactly. So the euro contagion is not what's going to do us in. Now, when this does happen in Europe, you're going to have a lot of talking heads saying how this is going to cream the American economy, the American markets. It's not going to do that. What's heading for us is the loss of reserve currency status. What's heading for us is the fact that we've been marketing ourselves for decades as the most liquid, stable market on God's green earth. And people are starting to wake up and realize that's a bunch of bullshit. Forty percent of the companies that are on the Dow make no money. They're very illiquid. And that's what's going to uh, going to be killing us, you know. So we have our own set of problems, but the eurozone yeah. is finished, man. They are done. Now liquidity is an issue. Um, the dollar, although I am impressed, I must say, because a few weeks ago, you know, I was telling you I wanted to do a show about the uh, dollar uh, elasticity of demand, and and I I just was racking. I couldn't find any data on it anywhere. Uh, elasticity of demand is a pretty simple concept in economics. By the way, that's my degree. Uh, you know, I, I got, I did a lot of econometrics, calculus-based statistics, yada yada, right? So I kind of know a few things. And let's just that take. That sounds in, like a bu- lot of racism. A lot of racism, toxic intellectual. That sounds like toxic know, again. Two plus two is four. I, it's I had terrible. enough of all this toxic masculinity between you and CJ. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, well, you could take something else somewhere else. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> so this, like, uh, insulin is a great example, right? So usually when you decrease the supply of something, then the price of that something goes up. And if you increase the supply of it, the price goes down. Insulin doesn't have, it's very inelastic because people are just going to buy the same amount. So, you know, you're not really going to get a lot of people, like, stocking up on it as much. You know, it's it, you could... You could like decrease the supply of insulin 
And that price is going to go sky high because the demand is what's called lexicographic. So the demand is just, it's always there. Like people buy insulin because they have to, not because they want to. The dollar is really interesting because what they've done is they have made the system. And I'm impressed. It's it's going away now because it's a fake system. It's all rigged. But I am impressed with with what these criminals were able to put together in that with the dollar, the more dollars there are, the more liquid it is, the more useful it is. And the more you want to use those dollars to buy things, right? Like say assets and whatnot. When you cut, when you hike rates and you make dollars more expensive, people then want those dollars because dollars are the best place to be. So they create a demand on both sides of the situation. And actually, it's pretty impressive. And that's why I was unable to find an elasticity of demand for the dollar because under any circumstance, they developed a situation where with all normal mechanisms, the dollar's demand would go up. Um, you know, it's this business with, uh, you know, spitting in the oligarch's face in Russia, stealing their yachts, taking their money. That really showed the world why operating with the dollar is not the wisest thing to do. And speaking of the BIS, last week we talked about how the BIS is actually uh, you know, allowing China to, they're, they're giving liquidity to China, creating liquidity pools so that China can make a competitor for the dollar for international trade. Um, so, you know, the dollar's dominance, I, I think that that's part of the beatdown. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, that's part of the beatdown because that's the most powerful tool they have is the dollar over in Davos. And so the fact that they're, you know, kicking a leg out, now it's going to take a while. Everybody, they think, oh, they're going to print, you know, it's, it's they're printing dollars and Bitcoin's going to go in infinity. And, you know, no, this, look, let me just put it into perspective. Uh, Weimar Germany, there, I believe it was Deutschmarks back then. I don't know if it was, but whatever their currency was. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Machschnell. Machschnell. So, Machschnell. So the, the, <laughs> the Weimar Republic, they printed like so much and they didn't have the world reserve currency to rely on. So one of the reasons we could print a bunch of dollars is because the rest of the world needs them. So, you know, it, the inflation didn't take hold as quick as say Weimar Germany. And they printed like, I don't know, orders of magnitude more than we did. And they did it for like almost a decade before that inflation took hold. So, you know, the from a congruency standpoint, the dollar's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, you know, I think we have at least a few years before they move into, you know, the new whatever the Fed coin is going to be, and they're going to do it. Um, I don't know, V, what do you think Fed coin? The the Fed coin, you know, it's just the greatest currency ever. Ever. The Fed coin is 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 going to be put out there. And um, you know, it's funny, back in twenty twelve I was talking about a two dollar, you know, a, a two two dollar hooker. No, you silly man. Uh, a two dollar um, uh, a, a dual currency system in the United States. Okay, one for the plebeians to use, which is us, the, the general populace, and one for international trade settlements. And I think the Fed coin is being propped up as, and one of the things postulated for it is 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 for it to be used as a domestic currency, but international trade being settled in the dollar. So this is, and then there's going to be a difference in price between the domestic dollar and the international dollar. The domestic dollar, which will be the Fed coin, or whatever the hell they'll call it, okay, digital dollars or whatever. They're going to, and, and trust me, it's not going to be called Fed coin when it comes out. It's going to have a, a very American-sounding name, very, very patriotic, I'm sure. Apple right? Pie coin. 
Yeah, it'll be like exactly, you know, exactly Apple Pie coin, right? It'll be the the digital back. Yeah, the digital back. Digi back. Exactly. <laughs> digital dollar or digi dollars or something like that. Yeah. You know? so, so come up with a fancy. I'm gonna call it Fed coin. Um, that's gonna be a a a currency that from is is going to be devalued anywhere between thirty to forty percent. You know, maybe even fifty percent of where the current value of the dollar is. So imagine, you know, a 30 to 40% devaluation with this digital uh, currency, okay? Then the international dollar is going to have a anywhere between a 20 to 30%, maybe even 40% devaluation from where it is now. The international dollar is going to be used for the, for the settlement of trade, there is a potentiality for the international dollar to be some sort of a hydrocarbon-backed, energy-backed uh, 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 currency. And this is why I told you that not only is wokeism and ESG dead, but the green movement, right, the fake green movement, the, the, the nihilistic death cult movement of, of the greenies is, is also coming to an end. And the plan is to have a, a commodity-backed dollar that's backed by energy. And that's what they're going to try and, and put out. And again, that, that these plans could change. You know, it could be uh, uh, something else entirely. But this is what are the two leading uh, horses in this race of this new monetary system that the United States is going to be moving into. Europe is just fucked. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to probably, they're going to be like burning their own feces to, 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 to you know, to stay warm uh, next winter. That's where Europe is heading. Europe is heading for an absolute depression. There's no doubt about it, man. You know, that's, uh, you know, Jim Willie's been talking about that kind of stuff for a while, a shice dollar and all that. Yeah, there's going to be a $2 system, correct? A two, uh, and look, I mean, this is what they do in, in Cuba. In Cuba, you have the domestic peso, and then you have the international peso. Right, the the domestic peso is what Cubans use to buy uh, their you know uh, macaroni and ketchup meals that they have <laughs> down there. That's a that's a popular thing, macaroni and ketchup, because of uh, the economic situation over there, right? And then the international pesos is what they try to float for trade settlement out out into the international markets when they can't get a hold of dollars. And Cuba's been running like that for since the since the revolution, you know, since the revolution. So look for something similar to happen. I mean, many other countries throughout history have done uh, dual currency systems. So this yeah, China, whole, yeah, China's done it China, exactly. China's doing it now. Correct. Exactly right. Yeah, so, well, yeah. So that's that's interesting stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think. Uh, I do find interesting that we at least have an idea of those two different horses commodities back. You've been talking about it for a long time. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm wondering why we're not taking advantage of our own mineral and, you know, well, the, hydrocarbon the, wealth. Well, the, the, the fags that have made this incredibly uh, impossible uh, through legislation in order for us to tap into those hydrocarbon riches that we have, they're going to be done away with. But it's not going to be for some time, I'd say, in a few more years where that's going to be really going into it. Well, we'll see. Like, we'll see, actually, you know, come 2022 and 2024. But I think after 2024, you're going to see America start reaching deep 
into its hydrocarbon reserves because we know where all the oil is. It's not a mystery. We know that there there is a massive amount of oil, um, you know, it, within the Rockies that are untapped. Uh, you know, we we know this. We know it's out there. So it's only a matter of time for us to go get it. Nice. Yeah, that's yep. what I gotta so say. If, I'm wondering if that's if they're uh, sandbagging with that oil, you know, well, right now, yeah. what else, you know, what else do we have going on? We've, uh, believe it or not, we actually still manufacture quite a few things here. I can't speak to the quality of those things, but really we've lost a lot of our uh, manufacturing base. And we've lost has- we, anything of, uh, I mean, we, we, we still manufacture automobiles here, but 90% of the componentry is made elsewhere overseas. There's very little things we do. I mean, we still make great boots and leather goods. I think uh, our leather goods are some of the best in the world. Yeah, that Mexico yeah. too. Although here's something that I'll, I'll tell you guys. And, and, you know, and again, this kind of goes to a lot of what CJ talks about, local communities, all that. Um, so I'm going to – there's – I'm in talks with a company that owns a machine shop that's a family – you know, it's, it's my in-laws. And they've been trying to get me into this business for a long time. And I have a 2,000-square-foot, you know, shop on my property – um, and so I may actually end up purchasing one of those machines. They're a few hundred thousand dollars. Um, you know, I can do it through his company and then, uh, I may actually start machining simple parts. Uh, now this is like a, a bar feed machine. I mean, we're talking about making thousands and thousands of parts, hmm. but I think that in the coming future, there's going to be a lot of business that comes back to the United States because of, uh, you know, the tensions we have with these other countries. Although there's news of, uh, Biden lifting some of the, uh, the tariffs that Trump put in with China. So I'm not, you know, I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but even in the current environment, you can still make money machining parts. I mean, the money's there. Yeah. Um, you just, you have to have, you have to know what you're doing. So that's, you know, I, I there's going to be a lot thing. of, there's going to be a massive capital flight that's going to head towards this country. Right. So it's going to be interesting. There's going to yeah. be money leaving this country and there's going to be a lot of money coming into this country as well. And you're going to have a capital flight, when the European markets go belly up, um, you know, so that that's going to happen, and the, the, you know, some of that money is going to head this way. It's going to be interesting, man. It's we interesting. are in like uncharted territory at the, at this point, guys. We are in uncharted territory. Like, not, like people are like, well, this is all happening. No, no, no. This is different. It, it rhymes. History yeah. does rhyme. It rhymes. And this does rhyme, but uh, it's also a very, very unique set of circumstances. Nice. Well, hey, it's been a great show. Um, you know, I appreciate Always you guys fun. having me on. Hope I can. Uh, I'm hoping that I'm providing some info that helps people out. Yes, that and entertainment. Yeah. 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 So, what are you having for lunch? Uh, I'm gonna have some soy. I'm gonna. Have a soy burger covered in soy sauce and yeah, a soy latte. That's yeah, amazing. What about you, CJ? I had some wings. Some some wings. Oh, God, <laughs> were they soy wings? No, they're probably real chicken. Light, lightly of, breaded. Uh, oh, they were so good. Mm. Animal oh my killer. God. How <laughs> can you eat that sentient being? Probably wasn't even GMO bread. No. <laughs> oh my God, it's just so terrible. Yeah, oh, anyway, guys, plugs, uh, Siege, real quick, uh, CJ, your CBD, I've been using CBD for a while. I took a break this last year. Otherwise, I probably would have talked to you sooner. But um, I've been using some of the top rate stuff. In fact, I'm not going to mention the brand, but I told CJ the brand I was already using. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's really good stuff. This stuff is better than 
CJ's CBD, which is mycbdedibles.com, is the best CBD I've ever had. And I've tried many. Thanks, bro. So Appreciate just, it. Yeah. I just want him to rename it CJ's CBD. It sounds better than CJ's CBD. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Definitely. But you have to understand, CJ, it's your fault. You know that that basketball, the woman, that, that WNBA player who's. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. 10 years, right? Yeah. She, up to 10 years. She was Damn. using CJ's CBD. It was so potent. <laughs> <laughs> The Russians arrested her. <laughs> yeah. So check Damn with your Russians. local laws before you buy CJCBD and travel abroad. Because you might go to jail for a long yes. time. Yes. Or go to Russia. It. She looks horrible, bro. Damn, she looks like a dude I, I used to play basketball with. <laughs> <laughs> well, she pleaded guilty, so obviously she was doing something, something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, gents, thank you all for listening in. You guys have a wonderful day. We will be back tomorrow. With that being said, we are over and out. Take it away, CJ.